This free program is paid for by the listener members of KPFK. If you're not already a member, consider joining with us and keep free speech alive. You're going to love this. Just love it. I do. I got the feeling that something right. Never is. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. <laughs> Never scared. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I am stuck and in the middle with you. Right here in the middle of the week. Right here in the middle with uh, with Governor Buddy Romer, who's going to be joining me in just a few minutes. Hey, welcome, America, to your Bradcast. I am Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. That's right, I'm your friendly citizen investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all around. Swell fellow here with you now, Wednesdays uh, from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Live on 90.7 FM KPFK in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, excuse me, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org and the Radio or Not.com network. Glad you could join us. As I say, this is our new expanded Bradcast, broadcasting live from Los Angeles. Uh, Bradcast Unleashed. We we got to figure out what to call it here. Now that we've got a full hour every Wednesday uh, for all the troublemaking and muckraking you could ever want. So glad you could uh, glad you could join us for today. As I say, we're going to be uh, joined by Buddy Romer shortly. Looking very much forward to that. I've been uh, trying to get Buddy now for, oh, about two or three months uh, to talk about his run for President of the United States and the Republican Party. The uh, too crazy for Buddy, apparently, Republican Party. So he's going to be joining me here uh, shortly. A little bit later, we'll be taking your phone calls. We will uh, perhaps talk about the State of the Union last night a little bit. i got to tell you, I was... Uh, surprisingly impressed with what I saw. I'm usually not impressed by these things. Uh, Barack Obama, he's always a great speaker, but last night he really nailed it. And he, uh, he laid out the fight for 2012, whether you agree with him or not. What he did was he rebutted and he pre-butted, frankly, the arguments that the uh, Republican Party has been making against him for months as the Republican Party has been building a case against a fantasy president, an imaginary president. Well, the real president actually showed up at the State of the Union last night and uh, and gave some facts to the American people for a change and uh, put to bed so much of the nonsense we've heard from these Republican candidates now for so many months. We may talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we also had uh, Gabby Giffords, who resigned today, congresswoman who was uh, shot in the head in Tucson just over a year ago today. Uh, she resigned this morning in a, uh, with a, a teary farewell speech given by Debbie, Debbie Wasserman Schultz on her behalf. 
And, of course, we'll see how much time we Well, we got a couple of things we got to get to. We'll see how much time we have uh, to discuss Mitt Romney's apparent voter fraud. Yes, you heard me right. If we don't get to that today, uh, I'll, I'll just point you right towards bradblog.com, where we've been uh, covering it over there for a while. His tax returns may or may not show, in fact, that Mitt Romney... One-time Republican presidential nominee frontrunner uh, seems to have committed voter fraud in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, we'll see if we can get to that. We'll also uh, check in with Desi Doyen for a Green News report a little bit later. But uh, but right now, uh, look, for folks who uh, follow bradblog.com, follow my work over there, follow us here on KPFK, you know that we do not only follow the horse race, but we also follow the track conditions. How people vote, uh, if they're allowed to vote, how those votes are counted, the money in politics, and frankly, who it is that is even allowed to run for office these days. Yes, those track conditions. And, uh, well, uh, I've offered here uh, before that, you know, Rick Perry would have never even been considered an actual contender in the Republican contest, uh, had he had to play by the same rules that everybody else does. In other words, uh, a merit-based system. We don't have a merit-based system. We have a money-based system. And as soon as Rick Perry came in, into the race, imploded five minutes later, uh, but was still then considered to be somehow a front-runner in this race, well, the question was uh, clearly because he had money, clearly because in this era of Citizens United, guys like Rick Perry, who really offer nothing to the race, are given somehow front-runner status, while otherwise legitimate candidates are completely ignored because they don't have huge corporate money. Now, nobody embodies the failure, frankly, of the Citizens United era, uh, and, and nobody has been more outspoken about it than my guest today, former Louisiana Governor Buddy Romer. He is running for the Republican nomination, whether you heard of him or not. He's running for the Republican nomination for President of the United States. He was the 52nd governor of Louisiana, serving from 1988 to 1992. Prior to that, he served four terms as a member of the U.S. House of Representatives, representing L.A.'s, uh, L.A.'s, uh, Louisiana's 4th District, the fighting fourth, as Stephen Colbert would say, from 81 to 88. And despite all of that, he has not been allowed to participate in a single televised Republican debate, which I think is outrageous, Uh, even as and perhaps because he has vowed to take no corporate money, no PAC money, no super PAC donations, and he's limited individual donations to no more than $100. He joined with Stephen Colbert to lampoon the madness of the super PAC system last November in a pretty hilarious spot that ran on the Stephen Colbert show last November. Take a listen. Hi, I'm Buddy Romer. God, I wish I weren't in this ad. See, I didn't pay for it. Colbert super PAC did, and super PACs are not supposed to coordinate with candidates like me. But because this is an issue ad about super PACs not coordinating with candidates, I can be in it. As long as I don't say, for me, <laughs> I say that argument is just a fig leaf. So super PACs can justify doing anything they want. And they have a lot of money, folks. They built this fake set with fake books filled with real money. Hell, 
they even bought Colbert a unicorn. All perfectly legal, Rainbow. I'm Buddy Romer, and I approve this message. Did you? To Narnia! This issue ad paid for by Americans for Better Tomorrow Tomorrow and approved by Buddy Romer. No money was harmed in the making of this ad. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I'm uh, delighted, after many months of trying to get him on the air, I'm delighted to be joined uh, right now live with uh, Governor Buddy Romer. Governor, welcome, sir, to KPFK and the Bradcast. Thank you, and I'm proud to be here. Delighted to have you here. I have been enjoying your candidacy. I don't know who's been enjoying it more, me or you. But uh, <laughs> when you announced uh, your intention to run for president last, uh, actually, July, what was it, July 21, 2011, at Dartmouth College, did you think that you would end up uh, becoming really a protest candidate, or did you presume that you'd be welcomed into the race right along with all of these other uh knuckleheads who were considered uh, frontrunners at the time. <laughs> I, I've been surprised at being excluded. I, I, I was surprised. I'm a, I'm a pretty good political analyst. I, mm-hmm. For, you know, for 10 years when I graduated from college, I, I ran campaigns across the country, never lost a race. Uh, I was a Democrat, a conservative Democrat, but a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was elected to Congress. I beat a long-term incumbent Democrat. Uh, I served eight years in Congress, head of a group called the Bull Weevils. We worked with Reagan when he thought he was right on tax reform and those sorts of things. The, so the precursor I, I to the Blue Dogs. To, I, that's right. That's right. We were much larger than the Blue Dogs. Okay. The Democrats don't have a conservative wing anymore, but there were 43 of us, uh, and we, we gave the votes. But my point is... Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a I'm not a permanent politician for 20 years. I've been building my banks. I have a bank that's about a billion dollars in size. No bailout. We didn't foreclose on a single mortgage holder. We are we are very well known, the top ranked bank in Louisiana. Uh, we so so I I was not eaten up with politics, but I have political experience. And the one thing that I missed in this campaign when I planned it. Last January, a year ago, I got it right that the candidates were average. I got it right that money would be the issue. I think Washington is bought and sold. What I got wrong was that if a guy stood up who had been elected congressman and governor and gave full time to running for president, that he would have an opportunity to be in the debates. There have been 21 nationally televised debates. My poll rankings are small because I'm not well known. Mm-hmm. But in six of those different debates, I ranked ahead of a national poll of at least two of the people who were honored in the debate. But I have been not asked a single time to be in the debate. Which is extraordinary to me. What uh, what reasons were you given, when, uh, particularly when they were allowing uh, two people who were beating you, and I think one of them was Rick Perry, uh, who, I'm sorry, who you were beating. You, yeah. Yeah, well, Mich- in the Florida poll, for example, yeah. I was ahead of Rick Santorum. Mm-hmm. Before they had their first two debates there, I was ahead of Rick Santorum, Rick Perry, and Michelle Bachman. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were each invited to be in the debate. You ask a very professional question. What reasons did they give me? Yeah. Various reasons, and each of them alone makes sense. I'm, I'm not fussing at, at the sponsors having certain standards. But here's what they were. At first, 
They said, you're not an official candidate, Governor. You need to announce officially. I did that the third week in July at Dartmouth College. I called after that for the fourth debate. And they said, oh, you need 1%. We've got to, we can't have 40 people running. Well, they weren't 40 people with 1%. They weren't, they weren't eight people with 1%. They said, oh, you need 1%. I worked five weeks and got 1%. I called again and they said, oh, you need 2% now. I got 2% three weeks later. I called again. They said, oh, you need to raise a half a million dollars in the last 60 days. Nonsense, nonsense nonsense. The Republicans don't seem to want to hear that this system is corrupt. And it's not that one person is corrupt. It's a system that's corrupt. There was more money given by lobbyists with headquartered in Washington, D.C. four years ago Uh when McCain and Obama ran for president. Lobbyists gave those two more money than the contributions of 32 states combined. GE makes $5.4 billion, pays no taxes. They gave more money to President Obama, not a knee Obama, mm-hmm. $4.3 million than any corporation in America. And the second largest giver was Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not just picking on Republicans here. Both parties are joined at the billfold. And the most important thing in this election is not who the best president will be. You'll never have a chance to pick her or him. Right. They won't be allowed on the debate because they won't stoop to taking money under the table from super PACs, PACs, and special interests. It is a disgrace. And I agree it is. Governor, let me let me push you just on this one point. You said that they All kept right. they kept uh, sort of moving the goalposts when it came to these uh, national debates. You need 1%, you need 2%, you need half a million dollars. Uh, who right. was this? Who was moving the goalposts? Was this uh, a single network? If so, which one? Or was this uh, basically all of the different uh, networks that uh, kept changing those uh, goalposts? There were four different corporate networks Mm -hmm. involved, from Bloomberg to CNN. Mm -hmm. I talked to a representative of each network as the weeks went by. I was finding it, and and I've kept notes. I'm going to, when this is over, when I'm president or when I'm not president. Right. I'm going to take you on this journey with me, okay? All right. So without getting into the details, let me say this, because I want to answer your question. Mm -hmm. It's a damn good question. Mm -hmm. I talked to the spokesman registered on each of the information packages Mm pre-debate. Like at Bloomberg, it was Albert Hunt. Remember Albert Hunt? Sure, Al Hunt. Journalist Al Hunt. Mm -hmm. I know him well. Mm -hmm. So I called, and I said, look, uh, uh, I'd like to be in the debate. It's on economics. Uh, I have a degree at Harvard in economics. Mm-hmm. I have a degree from Harvard Business School in a master's degree in banking. I have a billion-dollar bank, no bailout. I'd like to talk about how to create jobs. I'm pretty good in that. When I was governor of Louisiana, we went from 12.8% unemployment to 5.6% unemployment. This is what I do. And here's what Al Hunt told me. He said, buddy, uh, you, you need to have raised a half a million dollars in the last uh, 90 days, I think he said, or 60 days. Mm-hmm. I had raised half that, 256000 
I've raised about a half a million now. 20,000 people have given me about a $25 average gift. Every state in America, I was the only candidate that had contributions from every state in America. And he said, he said, the half a million dollars is, is fair, we think. It makes you a serious candidate. I said, Al, is this the way we pick a president? There was a long pause. And he says, well, you probably need to talk to somebody else in the corporation. And he would not give me a name or a number. So you, you... I went over this. I went over this time and time again. And I got the biggest runaround. I never talked to the woman or man in charge because I was told, well, I don't know who made that decision, buddy, but that's the decision. Uh, you know, and I, I could, I mean, what we've got here is a couple of catch-22s. One, you've got where they say, oh, you need to have 1% or 2% in the polls uh, to be in the race. But how do you get I to 1% or 2% unless you're in the debates? Uh, so the the debate. Now, that's a catch-22, but... This uh, business about you have to have raised a certain amount of money. To me, frankly, uh, Governor Buddy Romer, that seems to me to be out and out obscene. But with those two points made, how would we decide, what would a legitimate way be to determine uh, who does get into these races? I mean, in, in fact, there are uh, scores of folks who are actually running for the uh, Republican nomination. I've interviewed Fred Carter before, who I think is great. 34 on the ballot in New Hampshire. 34 on the ballot. So how do we determine uh, who should or shouldn't be allowed uh, in these televised debates, uh, Governor? Well, we, we have a we have a commission that makes the determination in the presidential election. Did you know that? I, I do, and they're we made up of re, they're made up of yeah, Republicans and Democrats. Decide, <laughs> yes, and they decide, and they allow for a third party. They they the the, the rules are very clear. You mm-hmm. can get them on the internet tonight. They right. They say if you register fifteen percent in a national poll, that no matter what party you belong to, the Democrats get one, the Republicans get one, and a Ross Perot gets a third one, or whoever gets 15%. Those are set up years ahead of time, so you know what to shoot for. There's nothing like that in the primary, so they make them up as they go along. I mean, I don't have an answer as to how. I mm-hmm. would say this, that if a person is creditable in the sense of spending full time, if a person has a staff and a campaign headquarters, if a person has contributions from 50 states out of 50, if a person has political experience elected to either branch of the United States Congress or governor of a state, Mm -hmm. I would think you would start there. And there might be a person like a Donald Trump or or somebody else who may be uh, has political aspirations and wants to spend their money to to uh, to meet these criteria. That can be done. So but it we can... now live in a society yeah. where the rules are not written; they change as we go, and it's money driven. I don't think that's the way to pick a president. <laughs> I mean, Abraham Lincoln would never have a chance. Yeah, that's for sure. And you and I'm speaking with the governor, Buddy Romer. Uh, you have been rather outspoken about these matters for quite a while. And I've, I've been recommending to folks, if you don't follow Buddy Romer on the Twitters, you should. He's one of the best follows out there uh, going. Uh, he's Buddy Romer. And you are great. And you put great stuff out there. Well, I'm a granddaddy. I'm 68. 
Uh, I, I, I'm an electronics guy. I'm a scientist at heart. Mm-hmm. So I love the internet. I mean, you know, I went, I went dark last week when we had the SOPA PIPA business. Right. You know, I was the only candidate that went with the, with the revolutionaries. The internet ought to be free. And you have been outspoken on that. You've been outspoken on Occupy Wall Street. You're the only one of the Republicans or the Democrats, frankly, who has gone down to Occupy Wall Street, who has met with those folks. Uh, But here's my question. You tweeted last night, uh, getting money out of of politics isn't a right versus left issue. It's an issue of moving the country forward or backwards. And then you use the hashtag Citizens United. Okay, I'm right there with you, Governor. Uh, but Citizens United is apparently not even enough for the GOP. Incredibly, the Republican no. Party is now filing a suit to allow direct corporate donations straight yeah. to candidates. So my question for you, Governor, how can you remain a part of a party uh, that not only supports Citizens United but wants it to go further? I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Now, let's be fair about this. The worst offender is Barack Obama. He's not in my party. This son of a gun is raising a billion dollars. He announced for re-election when he was less than two years of his own term in office. Okay. He did bank reform and went to Wall Street the next week, had a fundraiser, where from the Wall Street banks had $35,400 a ticket, and it was hosted by Goldman Free and Sachs. Okay, li- so and let's listen. Don't, let's don't pick on the Republicans. Well, I know where you come from. Now, hang on a second. Go- Governor, hang on a but second. It's, I... hard. it's hard to be in these parties. Yeah. It is hard to be in these parties that are run by the political establishment, and what they don't want is change. Here's my argument to you. Governor, let me little, hang on, think, Governor. Governor, think, Governor, let me let me respond. Yeah. Let me let me just respond to that point because I don't disagree with you in regard uh, to Barack Obama and to the amount of money he's raised. That said, uh, last year at last year's uh, State of the Union address, he actually spoke directly about the Citizens yeah. United decision. He decried that I decision. Like this year, uh, shamefully, I should add, uh, Roberts, uh, Justice, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Thomas Scalia. Alito did not even show up at the State of the Union address, which I think is disgraceful. So he has at least spoken out about it. Meanwhile, your party governor has actually supported Citizens United decision and has gone to court now calling for it to go further uh, and to allow direct corporate money. And I don't hold you accountable for that. I'm just asking how you can stay in that party. Yeah. Look, let me not let you generalize. Okay. I mean, the, the powers that be in the Republican Party like the money, just like the powers that be in the Democratic Party like the money. And they're addicted to it. And they, they're trying to get more money. But not all Republicans feel that way. I'm telling you. I, I don't have much of an audience. People don't know me. Right. But the last two weeks have been the best two weeks of this campaign. I have raised more money in the last two weeks than I did in the three months before that. We have paid all of our bills, and we have money in the bank. Mm-hmm. We are taking this fight all the way to the convention. I'm telling you. And, and what you just said does not apply to most Republicans. The Republicans that I speak with mm-hmm. believe in Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt is the one that said 100 years ago, he asked the Republican Party, are we going to be the party of privilege in Wall Street? Or we don't need a party of plain people who build a great nation. And I'm asking that question. This debate ought to be had. 
I think we need broad limits. I would do my first bill. I want to be very specific. Mm-hmm. My first bill would do six things. Number one, I'd have full disclosure. No more under-the-table gifts. Number two, I would eliminate super PACs. They are unconstitutional by the Supreme Court's own ruling because they're not independent. Number three, I would not allow a lobbyist to bring a check to a politician. If you're a registered lobbyist, you can either fundraise or lobby. You can do both. Number four, I would have 48-hour reporting period, not 120 days like we have now. Mm -hmm. Number five. I would make sure that PACs give no more than individuals. If we set that at $2,500, which is the current law, it ought to apply to PACs. PACs are at 5000 That's ridiculous. I've never taken a penny from a PAC in my life and been elected congressman four times and governor once. I beat a guy who was governor who spent $20 million. I spent 800000 and whipped his butt. It can be done. <laughs> and number six, I would have criminal penalties against politicians who break these laws. It is my belief that we need bank reform, health care reform, tax reform, budget reform, trade reform, immigration reform, and energy reform. But we won't get any of that done until we take the lobbyists out of the room. Well, I will agree with you uh, wholeheartedly on that, and uh, I hope when you say that there are others in the Republican Party who feel as you do, who are uh, Teddy Roosevelt Republicans, uh, I hope you're right. That said, Governor, I ain't hearing them. I'm hearing you, and I love it. But I ain't hearing those uh, from those uh, Teddy Roosevelt Republicans anywhere, and and you know, and I'll let me get on the next three or four debates, and then let's hear. I could be wrong. My 3% in the national poll mm-hmm. might not rise an inch. And if so, I'm in the wrong parts. So get me on a Republican debate. Get me to show how Mitt Romney doesn't know his hat from a hole in the ground. Get me to show that Mitt Romney's the 1% and Newt Gingrich is the lobbyist for the 1%. Get me on that stage, and I'll show you what the Republican Party could be. Sir, I would love to get you on that stage. Uh, I'm speaking with Governor Buddy Romer, Republican candidate for president, whether you knew it or not. You're listening to the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman on KPFK. Uh, Governor, I know that uh, uh, you said you need to run at the bottom of the hour, but I, I told your folks I I'd, I'd leave it open. Uh, are you able to stick around a little bit longer? you got to go. i got to go at okay. the bottom of the hour. I've got two more interviews on television. I got gotcha. you. 25 minutes. All right. Then let me uh, jump straight to this. You have uh, talked about, I know you've been considering the idea of a third-party run under the Americans Elect banner. Uh, This group, uh, which claimed to be, you know, they're going to uh, vote on the Internet for their their candidate, which uh, don't don't even get me started on Internet voting. Putting that aside... they said they were going to be transparent and everything else. Now they've collected $30 million, and they've stopped saying where their money is coming from. How can you, Governor, go? I met with them Saturday. Uh-huh. I was in L.A. Yeah. I was on the Bill Maher show uh, Friday night, right. Saturday morning. Uh, I met with them first thing. We had a three-hour meeting, and they, they wanted to know what I would need to consider their platform. Mm-hmm. They said they spent about $30 million on a platform for all 50 states. They will not endorse a candidate. I, I won't allow anybody to endorse me. I think a president ought to be free to leave. So they met that standard. I like the platform that they built. I like their unity ticket. 
I would pick a woman uh, or a man who was a Democrat or an independent to run with me. And, fo- and so folks who folks not building a party, it's not a third party. We would talk about building America. And, and folks who don't, don't understand, like, let me just explain. What I don't like yeah. is the fact that they have not fully disclosed where their contributions come from. And even though I would not receive any contributions from them, they do build a platform with that, and I think it would strengthen the organization if they would have full disclosure. But I like a lot of things about them. Here's what I like. They have a chance in 50 states to get a candidate in the national debate. They have to meet the 15% test. Mm-hmm. If they could do that, and it would be Romney, Obama, and Roma. I'm going to warn you. I'm going to get your vote. <laughs> well, it, it, the way it's looking, it's going to be uh, Gingrich, Obama, and uh, maybe <laughs> Romer. We'll find out. But, uh, yeah, what I started to say, what I was breaking in there to say was there, the, this American Unity uh, ticket, one of the things is whoever gets the nomination has to choose someone from another, uh, from, from the other uh, major party. So you'd have to choose a, a Democrat. Uh, but I'm uh, quite concerned. They were about transparency. They've now come up with $30 yep. million. No one knows where that comes from. And can you tell me uh, tonight, uh, sir, that if they refuse to disclose that money publicly, that you would not uh, join that uh, party or accept the nomination from Americans Unite? I've got to have some assurance as to where the money comes from, how it's used. I've got to have some assurance that if I'm standing on their platform, mm-hmm. I'm not being undercut in my anti-corruption stand, and I haven't received that assurance yet. I hope you do receive it, and I hope they'll be willing to come on to this show to explain a- exactly where that money comes from. And I hope, by the way, if you do get that uh, uh, assurance that you'll share that with the public, knowing you and knowing your own transparency uh, on these issues, I suspect it would become uh, – uh, you would help make it public before you, you took that uh, nomination. If I that expect came about. full disclosure. Okay. I mean, they understand what I'm saying. Great. I expect full disclosure. I expect it of my supporters. I ask it of my enemies, and I would expect it of them. Governor Buddy Romer, uh, I hope you get into this race, whether it's into the debates or whether it's as a third-party candidate, uh, if only so that we can get into a debate, frankly, on the real issues that you and I, I think, would actually uh, disagree on and have a lot of fun disagreeing <laughs> on them. Uh, but for now, uh, I'm glad. Thank you, You're sir. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked. I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Uh, Thank you, sir. Uh, Thank you, Governor Buddy Romer. Check out his website at BuddyRomer, that's R-O-E-M-E-R dot com, BuddyRomer dot com. Also, highly recommend that you follow him on the Twitters at (laughs) BuddyRomer. Thank you, Governor. Good luck. Let me know how I can help you keep making noise out there. Well, you've done it by having me on your show. I appreciate it very much. You bet. My pleasure. Hope you'll come back soon. Thank you, Governor. All right. Oh, it sure is. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we got uh, we got a spot or two to run here for KPFK. We're going to come back with Desi Doyen and the Green News and with your phone calls. Love to hear from you what you think about Buddy Romer and uh, money and politics, this madness, this insanity. 
Give us a call at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-5735. These are your public airwaves. Use them before you lose them more than you already have. All right, quick break. Over to Green News. Oh, and if you want to talk about the uh, State of the Union uh, address, I'd love to hear that, too, particularly if you disagree with me. I thought it was great. Brad Friedman on the broadcast. Stay with us. Need to earn a couple extra college credits? Why not earn them at KPFK? If you appreciate progressive news, culture, music, and more, come and be a part of the movement. Call 818-985-2711, extension 513, to learn about internship opportunities. Or log on to kpfk.org and click on volunteer to find out more. The benefits of donating your used vehicle to KPFK include funding new and existing programming as well as increasing community awareness. You also benefit by being able to reduce your taxable income. There's no need to deal with the hassles of selling it, and you support public radio in the process. To donate your vehicle, please call 877-KPFK-AUTO. That's 877-KPFK-AUTO. All right, welcome back. This is the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and muckraker from bradblog.com. By the way, it's our, uh, let's see, yesterday was our eighth anniversary. It's our eighth uh, birthday over at Bradblog. So, uh, happy birthday to me. And happy birthday to you, Desi Doyen. Thanks. Happy birthday to you. Des, of course, is uh, the producer of the broadcast here, and she's my co-host and the managing editor of the Green News Report, which is heard on fine progressive radio stations around this great nation. And, Des, I want to play uh, our most recent Green News Report right now, but uh, this was recorded before yesterday's State of the Union address, and we uh, sort of previewed what Barack Obama might say. And, frankly, what the Republicans, uh, the disinformation they were going to put out concerning green issues. We covered that in the report. We'll come back uh, after that live with you, Des, and we'll see uh, how Barack Obama did. Plus, your calls at 818-985-5735. Now's the time to get in, whether it's State of the Union, whether it's Green News and the fabulous Desi Doyen. Uh, Buddy Romer, money and politics, anything else you want. Let's kick it over to the Green News Report. American energy fueled by homegrown and alternative energy sources. That sounds to me like the same old policies that we've seen. State of the Union energy facts versus fiction. You want the payroll tax cut? The pipeline goes with it. All options are on the table. Keystone XL pipeline fight redux. The hottest Arctic on record. Radioactive rice in Japan. Plus, forget Fukushima. Is nuclear's bad reputation caused by... Boom. James Bond. All of that and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. I think it's pathetic. Who asked you, John Boehner? This is your Green News Report.
Okay, Taz, I'm very happy today because, A, we've got James Bond in the Green News Report. Yes. And, uh, B, today happens to be the Brad Blog's eighth anniversary. So, uh, happy birthday to you. And happy birthday to you, too. Thank you very much. Uh, what do you have for us today? Oh, it's that time again. Washington, D.C. is a buzz. Because it's the eighth anniversary of the Brad Blog? No. Oh. It's because it's the next episode of Capitol Hill Kabuki Theater, known as the State of the Union Address. Ah. President Obama's State of the Union Address occurs amidst the most bizarre Republican presidential primary in recent memory. <laughs> and according to Democratic Party sources, President Obama will call for an expansion of domestic natural gas drilling. But as you heard, Republicans are already criticizing the speech before it even airs. So here's some pre-bunking and pre-fact-checking to keep in mind. Oil and gas drilling in the U.S. is actually at its highest level in history right now under the Obama administration. Because he hates energy. Apparently not. Offshore oil and gas drilling has returned to the record high levels that we saw before the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Because he hates offshore drilling. Apparently not. And the administration is well on its way to final approval of the first ever deep sea oil drilling in the fragile Arctic. Because President Obama wants to do everything he can to kill the fossil fuel industry. Apparently not. But on the other hand, lawmakers who voted in favor of inserting an arbitrary deadline for the Keystone Pipeline into unrelated legislation received a windfall of $42 million in campaign contributions <laughs> from lobbying groups supporting the pipeline. Just a coincidence. Meanwhile, congressional Republicans in Congress are plotting how to respond to the president's denial last week of that Keystone XL pipeline from Canada. On Sunday, Republican Speaker of the House John Boehner told Chris Wallace of Fox News that congressional Republicans may try to force the issue again by, again, withholding another extension of the payroll tax cut for the middle class, which is set to expire in February. Are you saying that you may link the Keystone Pipeline to extending the payroll tax holiday? We may. But as I said, all options are on the table. While Washington fights over drill, baby, drill, the globe continues to warm. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration announced this week that 2011 was the ninth hottest year on record globally. Now, 2010 tied for the hottest year on record. With 2011 being the ninth hottest year on record, it continues the trend of the last 10 years, all being among the hottest 10 years on record. But in the Arctic, however, 2000 was regionally the hottest year on record. Climate scientists say the Arctic is heating up much faster than the rest of the world. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world in Japan, the Japanese government has announced it will now test for radiation contamination at more than 25,000 rice farms in eastern Fukushima Prefecture, the farming region surrounding the crippled Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. The expanded radiation monitoring comes after Japanese rice farmers in the region, believing the Japanese government testing to be inadequate, voluntarily tested their own rice farms for radiation exposure and found many, many rice samples contaminated with radioactive cesium above legal limits, far more than the previous government tests had indicated. The farmers did their own tests and found this problem because the government did not? That's correct. Wow. Forget Fukushima. Nuclear's bad reputation isn't caused by nuclear accidents, but instead by Bond. James Bond. That's according to the Royal Society of Chemistry in Britain, which caused quite a stir last week. When you they... mean they were stirred, not shaken? 
<laughs> Indeed they were. They said that the real villain is James Bond, specifically the film Dr. No, in a statement released to coincide with the 50th anniversary of the film's release. They were met with widespread derision in Britain. Here's University College of London professor Tom Burke on the BBC. The idea that somehow it's Hollywood that's made people sort of skeptical about nuclear power is a bit like thinking, well, it's Hollywood gangster movies that are responsible for crime waves. Well, actually, we're against crime because we don't like it when we see it in movies. So maybe we're against nuclear energy when we see it in movies as well. Yeah, pay no attention to that whole Chernobyl thing. Well, the jury's still out. It's either yes or Dr. No. For more on all of these stories, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Remember, you can download all of our Green News reports at iTunes. You can listen to us via your mobile device on Stitcher Radio. And you can follow us 24-7 on the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. All I can do is thank you for bringing James Bond to the Green News Report. Oh, don't thank me. Thank the Royal <laughs> Chemistry Society of Britain. That all that makes it all worth it. Okay, so uh, very quickly before we go to the calls, uh, 818-985-5735. Uh, how did Barack Obama do last night, Desi Doyen, as far as you're concerned, uh, on the green energy front? I think that he did quite a bit better than I expected. I was not expecting to hear as much about clean energy as was actually Actually, in the speech, there was some preview about, oh, he was going to push for uh, maybe some uh, performance caps, production uh, goals for natural gas. You know, one of the things that he did say was that we have a 100-year supply of natural gas. Now, what's wrong about that, which I have to get some comment mm -hmm. from the administration on this. Yeah, I haven't heard back from them yet. But the Federal Energy Information Administration, which is in the Department of Energy, literally last week, they just cut the estimates of our national reserves of natural gas. We don't have a hundred year supply. They actually cut it down to a quarter of what it was, uh, what they had estimated last year. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if that actually ends up being true. And of course, we're going to use up that natural gas if we start using it more and using it up faster. So that won't be a hundred year supply. He was talking about also upgrading our safety mm -hmm. uh, regulations for natural gas and for oil, you know, that we can do fracking, the hydraulic fracturing, which has been implicated in. Uh, we can do it without it going, uh, the poison toxins going into our drinking water. Right. He says we can do that, that you know, so we'll see if that actually Yeah, he comes said we pass. also can have clean coal, too. Remember that? <laughs> yes, Remember he that? did. A couple. He didn't mention clean coal okay. this no, time. No, he did not. So, so there's, that's good, at least. Well, here's a few things he did mention. Uh, a comment. Uh, Gee, do you have uh, clip number six for us? Here's uh, Barack Obama from the State of the Union last night talking about uh, clean energy issues. I will not walk away from workers like Brian. I will not cede the wind or solar or battery industry to China or Germany because we refuse to make the same commitment here. We've subsidized oil companies for a century. That's long enough. It's time to end the taxpayer giveaways to an industry that rarely has been more profitable and double down on a clean energy industry that never has been more promising. Pass clean energy tax credits. Create these jobs. Boom. 
There it is. He was he was uh, quite direct uh, in that. So uh, the environmentalists, what's the word in the environmentalist community? Are they pleased with what they heard yes, last night? Yes, yes, I think they are pleased overall. They were especially pleased to hear about this uh, new Department of Defense initiative that mm-hmm. uh, uh, Obama basically said in his speech last night, Congress, you haven't done anything, so I'm going to do it. He directed his administ- I'm directing my administration to allow the development of clean energy on enough public lands to power 3 million homes. That's going to expand in our deserts. The Mojave Desert has uh, quite a bit of uh, solar energy that reaches it every day. So working toward development of that, utility-scale solar plants and uh, other you know, big events like that. But also the Department of Defense, he's got the Navy, is going to take the lead on this. And they are actually going to purchase enough renewable energy, sort of uh, get that clean energy industry off the ground by, you know, the Navy being such a huge purchaser and, of it. Yeah, and the Department of Defense has been calling, uh, has been outlining uh, uh, climate change as a concern now for years. They've been, t- those commie pinko lefties uh, at the Defense Department uh, have yeah. been going into uh, green energy for the, uh, for, in the Air right. Force, Right, because it's, it's, it's a matter of national security. It the is. military of the All U.S. Right. is the largest purchaser of fossil fuels in the world. And and uh, Barack Obama actually said the words climate change. Climate change. He only that said speech. it once. He's never really said it in public. Uh, he maybe says it once a year. And of course, he only used climate change this time to slam Congress for not doing it. But we heard him. We heard clip number five. You got clip number five there. We heard it. We've got evidence. He actually said it. Yeah, he did. You got clip five uh, G. We can also spur energy innovation with new incentives. The differences in this chamber may be too deep right now to pass a comprehensive plan to fight. Uh, climate change. But there's no reason why Congress shouldn't at least set a clean energy standard that creates a market for innovation. He actually said it. He actually said it. Of course, he choked on his words just as he was getting near. Yeah, he got got worried. All right, Desi Doyne, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Tune in to the Green News Report at greennews.bradblog.com. We'll have more on this tomorrow. We will have uh, the full rundown on the State of the Union uh, tomorrow uh, also at iTunes. Thanks, Des. Thank you. All right, let's uh, get to some of your calls. 818 985 Five seven three five. What's on your? Oh, the phones are all lit up. Let's see what we got. Uh, let's go to Carlos in Carson. Welcome, sir, to the broadcast. What's on your mind, brother? Well, listen. Uh, Mr. Romer said the, the the key thing. He says there's going to be no change, and that he's absolutely right because all the candidates are controlled by the point zero zero one percent of the one percent, which is. Super capitalism. Greenrich uh, uh, is controlled by Rockefeller's Exxon. Uh, Huntsman was controlled by Rothschild. Uh, Romney, of course, is, is, is uh, controlled by the uh, by the Mormon Church hierarchy, which has ties with the super corporate world. So what does that mean, that there's going to be no change? Of course, we're going to see more economic decline. Hey, Carlos, because, yeah. Because, let me explain why. Oh, quickly, because yeah. when things, when, 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 when there's an economic decline, the smaller institutions fail, and you see the big banks like DMA swallowing countrywide, country in Merrillage. You'll see Citigroup swallowing the smaller bank, which fell, which was Washington Mutual. Carlos, is there anything? Car- hang on, hang on, Carlos. So it, it, I understand you said all the candidates are controlled by uh, by uh, big banks and lobbies and so forth. I don't disagree with you. Uh, can anything be done about it? Do guys like Romer uh, make a difference, or are we all just screwed, Carlos? And there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, we just have to sit back and enjoy it. You know what? What? We can do something. We're not going to beat the establishment. They're too powerful. But we can do something. We can prepare for the economic collapse. Okay. 
right, thanks, Carlos. I appreciate that. Uh, I think we can do something about it. I'm not going to just sit back and prepare for the collapse. I'm going to do something about it. Uh, I hope you will join me in standing up and doing something about it. Get thee to an occupation near you. All right, let me go to, uh, let's see, uh, John in uh, John in L.A. Welcome, sir, to KPFK. What's on your mind, my friend? Oh, John. Hey, how are you? Oh, good. Uh, yeah, the State of the Union, um, I, I agree a lot with uh, the last caller on uh, his point. But uh, the State of the Union, Obama basically uh, said, you know, I mean, you guys are talking about his green jobs or whatever. He's not going to do anything. He's going to give more of it to crony, uh, Rockefeller, uh, capitalist, uh, you know, phony green companies. He's, what, phony, green com- the- phony green companies like who? Like Sol, like uh, Sol, Solyndra and and uh, that whole debacle. I mean, you think Solyndra was a phony green company? Are you kidding? No, I'm not. No, what do you mean? It, it was a front company. It was a front I mean, company. For who yeah, was it? A front for who? It was. What do you mean for who? For for Goldman Sachs. It was totally funded by the big bank. So it was it okay well I I don't think that's uh, I don't think we have actually evidence of that John I think they did go bankrupt and uh, Desi you can uh, jump in here if you like on this cuz this is your uh what's that Sorry I was on the phone so I missed Oh it. you missed uh, well John is saying that uh, John is saying that he he believes that Solyndra was a front company Oh definitely not Uh so John I'm sorry John I I understand what you're saying I have heard that as well but I haven't seen any evidence I've done some looking into it and I have seen no evidence of that it's actual people uh that have, you know, actual jobs that were actually working on this. So if it's a front company, it was news to them. And why did they fail, Des? Um, They failed because the Chinese solar industry is sponsored by the Chinese government. The Chinese government puts about $10 billion toward the Chinese solar industry every year, and they flooded the U.S. market with super cheap solar panels below cost, taking a loss from China. But they basically uh, put our own solar companies kind of out of business because Solyndra had a very specific kind of solar panel that they made, which uh, when the price of uh, silicon dropped because China flooded the market, that meant Solyndra's special panel wasn't as special anymore. Thank you, Des. Uh, thanks, John, for your call. If you got evidence that they were a, uh, a front company, uh, please do get back to us. 818-985-5735. Brad Friedman right here on KPFK. To, uh, we'd uh, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, well, let me go to a few more callers. We've got a few more callers. Eight eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. Oscar in Torrance. Here we go. I got to figure out how to use these phones now that they let me use them. Hey, Oscar, welcome, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind, sir? Yeah. Good afternoon. Good I, afternoon. I just don't believe Obama. You know, he yeah. lied to us before. Okay, shame on say. Shame on me for for lying, but shame on me for for supporting what, him. What did he lie? Time. What did what did he lie to us about, Oscar? He lied about bringing uh, ending the war, bringing the troops home. He hasn't done that. That war is still going. Wait, wait, hang on. Let me. All right, hang on, hang on, Oscar. So no, no. you're saying the troops are not home from Iraq? No, they were. They're in Kuwait. <laughs> That's where they are. Well, well, but he no, no, he no, no. did not did not the war them. end in Iraq? Are not all the troops are not all the troops out of Iraq? 
but they're, they're where, where now? They're in Afghanistan, okay? So now they want to invade, okay. invade Iran. Oscar, Iran, hang on, hang on a second. Hey, Oscar, Oscar, hang on a sec. Yeah. We're having a conversation right. here. So, uh, he's, so he's out, uh, he's got the troops out of Iraq. You say they're in Kuwait. Okay. Uh, Afghanistan, however, he promised to expand the Afghanistan war. And he has done so. So uh, I'm still trying to figure out where the lie. Now, mind you, I don't support expanding the Afghanistan war. I didn't support Barack Obama, but I do support telling the truth about these issues. So, Oscar, where did he lie? No, no. Listen, listen. Yep. They're still, they're still, they're still military contractors in Iraq. Yep. I don't know how many. They, they say sixteen thousand. Yeah. So what are they doing there? And we've got the biggest embassy in the world. Right. There. So we, we have no intentions of getting out. Okay. We, but, we want the oil. We want the oil, right. just like we did with Libya, and, and that, that's what we're. So all he about. lied because he didn't get the contractors out of Iraq. Is that right, Oscar? He lied because he he he, he, he has not ended that war. That war okay. is not over. All right. Mark my words. Mark my words. Okay. Right. Thank and, you, brother. And, and, I, I got to I got to run. I want to try to get yeah. as many folks as Go I can ahead. here. Thanks for the Go call. Ahead. I do appreciate it. Eight one eight nine eight five. Five seven three five. Uh, let's go to Teresa. Oh, there's women who listen to this uh, show. Glad to see it. Teresa in Northridge. Hey, Teresa, welcome to the broadcast. What's up? Hi, Brad. I love the Brad blog. Thank you, um, Teresa. I was, in, I was interested in your discussion with Buddy Romer about um, big money in politics. Mm-hmm. And right now, the California Assembly is about to vote on the Disclose Act, AB 114A, mm-hmm. and that will reveal who the real funders behind a political campaign is or are. <laughs> uh-huh. And I just wanted to urge people to contact their assembly members and ask them to support the bill. I believe it goes to a vote next week. Now, Teresa, is that the same Disclose Act that I think has been proposed in uh, in the Senate, if I'm not mistaken, by uh, by Bernie Sanders in the U.S. Senate? Is that related in any way? I believe it's similar. Um, it's going to be just for California. Okay. It would reveal um, a, either a big corporation, a union, or a rich person who was funding a campaign. Mm-hmm. The top three funders would be revealed. So um, there's probably some differences on it, mm-hmm. but um, it's a good bill, and uh, I, I'm volunteering with uh, a group that's been working on this, um, California Clean Money, mm-hmm. and uh, we're really excited about it. Thanks, Teresa. That's AB1141, you said? 1148. 1148. AB1148, the Disclose Act. Uh, thanks, well, Teresa. And the assembly is going to vote on that. And very good. Thanks for, uh, and thanks for using your public airwaves to uh, let us all know about it. Uh, 818-985-5735. Let's get to uh, Patrick in, uh, we don't know where he is because uh, Margo hasn't told us. Margo, you're so fired. Patrick, in uh, an undisclosed location, welcome to the broadcast on KPFK. What's up, Patrick? Greetings, Brad. This is Patrick in Claremont. Very Claremont. Nice show. I had to uh, chime in when you're talking about the truth concerning our pull-out of the Iraq war. Yeah. My understanding is there's a long, you know, drawn-out negotiations over the last year, year and a half for us to stay, yep. and we couldn't do it. It kicked us out. Yeah, Obama so wanted Obama to stay there. He wanted to keep troops there. Exactly, and for him to take credit for ending the war when they were actually kicked out of there because they wouldn't give us immunity is, is hypocritical at the highest level. I mean, just a, a slap in the face to anybody who's actually followed the story and knows what's going on. Now, that's a fair criticism. Smartly done, Patrick. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank uh, you. All right. Uh, Dan in uh, Galinda, welcome no. to KPFK. Hey, Dan, what's up? No, Galinda. Oh, what is it? 
Galita. Galita? Oh, Galita. See, I'm so firing Margot as soon as we're done here. Okay, no, no, no. And she's trying to blame Desi, but all right, Dan. Uh, I Dan, go ahead. about the Slinger thing also. No, also, they had a really unique solar panel, and it would really revolutionize the whole industry. Yep. It rotated and took up far less space. Right. And now the other problem is very expensive to design it, and it was mostly like their R&D costs were overwhelming. If anybody has real substantial evidence of this uh, Golden Sachs connection, I'd like to see it. But I read about their actual design, and it sounded really cool. Like, you wouldn't have to take up yards and yards of space on your roof or in the fields or something. It was a compact cylinder that rotated, and the heat of the sun rotated the cylinder. And it was a really unique design. And yep. so the R&D plus the specific silicon they needed, like uh, you mentioned. That's, yeah, a, that's that yeah, no, thank you for doing that, because that's exactly what I heard. And, of course, the Republicans were out there saying, oh, it's a failed company. No, it was a really good idea. It, it was. more R&D. It needed more capital. Well, it needed more capital, and uh, you can't compete if the Chinese are or going to subsidize. rectangles. Yeah. Well, that's right. They're pumping them out, and our government is not doing it. China's doing it. Germany's doing it. We are asleep at the switch. Government subsidies, right? Thanks, Dan. I appreciate the call. Let me see if I can get one more in here. Ed in uh, Ed in L.A. Welcome to KPFK, sir. What's on your mind, Ed? Uh, hello, hello. How you doing? I'm good. Quit very quickly. I've only got about thirty seconds for you. Man, I barely bumped into this channel by accident, but I'm loving what I'm hearing. Everybody is getting a good point. The caller before the head called about the promises that wasn't made and did not. When this is part of it, it's not really fulfilled. You know, we're still going to be facing money that's being funded for that, yet we have a lot of slash programs back at home that's really hurting everybody. Yeah, you're right. And um, and the thing about it is, yeah, we, we, we have an embassy, but like Korea, you know, we, we never really leave. We oh, establish we, a base. yeah. And we have something for the future right there, you know. <laughs> and we ain't leaving Iraq anytime soon, Ed. Not with this, uh, not with this insane embassy we got. And yeah, there is about uh, ten thousand private contractors out there uh, who are going to be there for the foreseeable future. Ed, I got a roll. Thank you, brother. I do appreciate the call, and uh, I appreciate all of your calls. Thank you, guys, uh, for ringing in this afternoon on the Bradcast here on KPFK. We'll be back uh, next week. Same Brad time, same Brad channel on 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM on the Central Coast, and, of course, on kpfk.org, coast to coast and around the globe. And on radio or not, radio or not, dot com. Where actually I'll be, uh, I'll be on later tonight with my friend Shano on uh, talkingleft.com. All right, we'll be back uh, next week. And what other business do I have to? Oh, my thanks to uh, producer Desi Doyen, associate producer Margot Paez, our engineer G, and of course my guest today, Gov- Governor Buddy Romer. Check him out at BuddyRomer.com. Stay tuned for John Wiener and the 4 o'clock report. I'll be back next week. Until then, catch me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog and at BradBlog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good night, America.